0: You're listening to Real Birth Stories, the podcast where we hear unique and fascinating birth stories straight from the mother's mouth. Real Birth Stories is brought to you by Butterbean, the online platform for parents and parents to be. If you'd like to find out more, then head to butterbean.uk or follow us on Instagram or Facebook under the name butterbean.uk. She was there and she came out and she was Beautiful, healthy, and then my placenta splattered on the floor. I went to bed and I was feeling a bit sick, and then I started having some contractions. Because how you're meant to feel and how, what you're meant to do, and all those other things, there's such a prevailing narrative
1: out there, and I think it's very difficult to not subscribe to that. I'd learned that like you can moo, and I was like moo sh moo.
2: It was a whole scene. And none of the roads had been ploughed. It was the middle of like 4 or 5 a.m. at this point.
0: But for me, it went pop. It was like wetting myself. It was like I sat there and then it came out of completely out of nowhere. It's like a balloon burst inside me.
1: Hello and welcome to Real Birth Stories with me, Scarlett, your host.
0: And me, Lucy, your other host.
1: This week's guest is Leanne, who is 35 and lives in London with her husband, Cole, and daughter, Sylvie. Leanne is originally from Canada, but since moving to London, she settled into life as a mum and the principal of a nursery in East London. Sylvie is now 18 months old and can be described as being a happy little character who loves people and animals. So welcome, Leanne. Hello, hello. Hi. Hi Lucy, hi Scarlett. How are you? How are you getting on, yeah? Yeah, good.
2: My husband put Sylvia to bed, I've got a glass of wine, I've already knocked it over,
1: but yeah, still good. It's half full, so I'm good.
0: Perfect. Winning! Winning!
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, are we okay? Shall we start with your pregnancy? You know, when did the invention of Sylvie happen?
2: So, we were newlyweds and we'd been trying to conceive for about seven months. And what was I, 34 at the time, I was getting a little bit stressed out over the whole thing. And I had to tell my family, they would call in from Canada and ask every single time if I was pregnant yet, I had to tell them like, just calm down, I need the pressure taken off me. And my husband and I agreed to take the pressure off too. It was like the start of the very first lockdown, the really, like you couldn't, you could go out for an hour of exercise and that was it. So it was all very stressful. And anyways, one day my mom called me and she was like, wow, well, I guess I shouldn't ask Leon if you're pregnant, right? And I just kind of was
0: annoyed, but
2: let it go. And as she was talking about something very Canadian, I like started to think about it. I was like, I actually have old symptoms of early pregnancy. What did you have? I had like, like my breasts were quite tender. I was like, oh... And like, and I was thinking all this, while she was telling a very elaborate, long story. And I was like, and it's really weird because like my ovulation sticks just keep being like positive. So I've just been ovulating for the longest time ever. And like, as I was thinking this in my head, I was like, yeah, that makes no sense. Like, you're not just ovulating continuously for a week. You, we, like, so anyways, I was kind of putting it all together, being like, and like, I can smell really good. I was like, okay. So I got off the phone sure enough like I knew as I was doing it I was like oh my gosh it's happened and was and I proceeded to take another four naturally to be sure yeah yeah
0: yeah I did that I think I did 20 tests
2: (laughs) yeah I was like I'm just gonna let the test go just to get a couple more (laughs) yeah so that's sort of how we found out and yeah it was during lockdown so it was a little bit strange because I wasn't seeing any midwives or anyone in person so I joined um hypnobirthing class and a class with the hospital and that was all
0: virtual but that was probably one of the best things I did because I'm still in touch with those groups. What was the hypnobirthing course that you did? Was it in person? No it wasn't in person was it?
2: It was virtual and it it was with a lady named Jo. A ton of them across So She's quite famous (laughs) in in East London for doing them. So she just does them on her own and she like writes her own scripts and everything but she's really good at networking people. So like one of the first things she did was put us in a WhatsApp group and I still am in touch with all those mums. And it was important to me because like a lot of people in London, I'm not from here. I I don't have any family and none of my friends have kids here. And so I felt pretty lonely. And I think there's something about joining a group of other women That are kind of strangers. That's really supportive. Like the whole group was set up to be supportive. And sometimes with your friends or family, it's like really easy to compare your children or your experiences. But when it was strangers, it was much more comforting for me. Anyway, Mm. that's what I found. It was like a real no judgment zone. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and the pregnancy itself was pretty smooth. I have an autoimmune disease called ankylosing spondylitis. It is like a Similar to like rheumatoid arthritis, but just in my spine. So the second trimester is getting pretty big, and my back was really, really sore. And the doctors wanted to put me on this biological drug called Simzia, and it was a hard decision because you know in the medical world it was you know very safe, but then when you read it, there's always these dangers, and it weakens my immune system. And keeping in mind we're in the middle of COVID, early COVID, where we have a lot of information mm-hmm. and Some of it would transfer to the baby. So her immune system would be weakened. But actually, it was my hypnobirthing coach, Joe. She knew someone who was pregnant and and had been on Sims yet, too. And I spoke to that woman. And that's literally what sealed the deal for me. So she was like, just do it. (laughs) Go for it. Like, it's going to be fine. And it was good. I'm glad I did it. And because of that, and because of the fact that I... Didn't really read the paperwork correctly, and I put my weight down in pounds instead of kilograms. They they put me down as like an extremely high risk pregnancy, and I was like, it's just so weird. Like, oh no, why? And then one of the nurses was like, I think you might have put your weight down wrong. And I was like,
0: no, that's like. What did you put it as? How fat were you?
2: Morbidly obese. Like like they would have needed like a forklift. Yeah. It was and like. And one of them, like, one of them asked me about my weight, and I was like, well, yeah, I have put on weight, like, because I'm pregnant. And I was like, what a rude question.
1: Yeah, rude. <laughs>
2: and then later, because it was over the phone, and then when they met me finally in person, they, the midwife was like, um. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I'm, so like a week before I was due, they're like, so you're not high risk anymore. I was like, oh, great. Wow. So I got to change my birth plan. Easily done. Yeah, I was like, oh, like I don't know why I'm so high risk. <laughs> yeah, so that was a bad one I kind of wanted in my birth plan once I got to have it back because when I was super mega high risk they wanted to do it their way and I wasn't really getting much of a choice
1: oh, okay. and then
2: I got to make a choice I wanted a water birth but I also wanted an epidural I was like this is gonna be great I'm gonna have this great hot tub then I'm gonna like feel nothing and it's gonna be a really nice experience and also just be zenned out in my like hypnobirthing bubble. And it will be fantastic. And of course, that is not what happens.
0: <laughs> no. Also, can you have a epidural and a water birth? Well,
2: I was very convincing because I was like, well, it's my first baby. So, like, surely I could just go into... <laughs> Basically, the midwife was like, yeah, no one's really requested that before, but I guess we could. And I was like, yeah, like, it'll take a while. I'll just get there early for the hot tub. <laughs> like,
0: There's two types of epidural, isn't there? Which amazes me that that's even a thing. Because there's the epidural, I had the epidural that knocks you out from like chest down. Then there's the epidural where you can still walk around. I mean, it's a thing, but yeah. So maybe it was that epidural.
2: They didn't even ask me that or discuss that with me. It was just the epidural. And I was like, yes. And then in my mind, I was like, and then I'll just say yes. And then I can always cancel it if the water is working well. But I was like, I better book it in because I was just trying to like think really like strategically. I was like, but then... If I do need it, I better book it in so they have, like, someone who can deliver it for, like, give me the epidural. Ready to go. Like, deep down, I was like,
0: maybe I won't
2: get it. Maybe the water will work. I was like, oh, put me down for everything.
0: You know what? It's always good to have a plan, no matter what it is.
2: Yeah, put, put me down for everything, <laughs> the whole package thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So my was came over from Canada for um, the Birch birth, and, and that was, like, kind of my giving me great comfort in the whole situation, being that I wasn't able to see anyone at all. She had to do the whole hotel quarantine and everything. But one of the funny stories here is my mom was due to fly to London on February 8th. And my husband was at the gym and he bumped into this guy who was like, oh, I'm an oracle. He he was, yeah, at the gym. What's an oracle? Like he does readings and he was like, You're really easy to read. Can I tell you something? And he was kinda like, I'd rather not (laughs) Or he was like, Ah, no, don't worry, it's good, it's good And he was like, Okay, go for it And he was like, Well look like you're having a baby And Cole's like, Yeah And he's like It's a girl And he's like Yes Like totally like getting freaked out and he knew some other stuff like oh, there's someone important in your life with the letter M and it's their birthday today. And sure enough, it was his sister whose name starts with the letter M and it was her birthday. Whoa. Whoa. So he was kind of like, okay, either I'm being like really stalked here or something. Anyways, he was like, look, if you have plans on the 8th of February, you should really consider changing those plans and that was kind of it. And Cole came home and told me and I was like, blown away. And I was like, that's crazy. And then we're like, but nothing like her due date was the 9th. So We're like, whatever. That's kind of weird. And then I realized that was the day my mom was flying. So I told my mom this story and she's like, yeah, I'm going to move my flight. I'm going to move my flight. And she did. And sure enough, she was
1: born on the 8th. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? I know. Oh, thank you, Mr. Oracle Man, in between your weights and your cardio. <laughs> I
2: know.
1: Oh. I know. I was like, our
2: next dinner party, we need to get him in. <laughs> yeah. readings for everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah if he if could pay a visit to us as well, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, get him on the podcast. <laughs> I love that your mum was like, yep, moving the flight, moving the flight. Definitely.
2: Well, we were trying to be like, because we were like, okay, she's doing the ninth. She's like, well, I'll I'll arrive on the eighth, thinking like, because you're first, so you, you'd go longer, and she didn't want to get here too early. So we were trying to be strategic, and then she's like, well, I can move it for free. So I guess I probably
0: just should. And
2: I was like, yeah, I think so too.
0: Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it
2: was
0: good. Yeah, that sort of. I just can't believe that. <laughs> Amazing. it's unbelievable it's mad what are the chances yeah, yeah. what are the chances of bumping into some bloke down the gym who then predicts your future and predicts when your baby's gonna be born and then just goes off you know to lift some more weights like yeah, well, all right thanks mate yeah
1: yeah squats next <laughs>
2: my husband was like i don't really want to know because he was like this feels like bad news like why is this stranger stop me yeah <laughs> yeah
1: wow that's brilliant
2: So, yeah. So my mom came the night before and my husband wanted to show her we live near Epping Forest, which is beautiful. And my husband wanted to like, I mean, it was February. It wasn't a great time to be in the forest, but he wanted to show her like where we live and take us on this lovely walk. So then he got lost. So we walked for a good 5K. I was like a day before my, like two days before my due date. I was a, a bus like Shamu walking through the forest like people were having to maneuver around me it was awful yes we came home I had a Kiwi watched a comedy had a little like glass of wine so I was like okay, hey, like let's just do it now then I've done this long walk let's just try all of these tricks to try to get the baby to come and then yeah 3 a.m. I woke up that night wow, wow. and it was just like twinges I just thought like I needed to use the bathroom or something. I was a little bit worried about what I'd eat for dinner. I went to the washroom and immediately like everything happened in the order that it might happen. So I lost my mucus plug and then I had the show or maybe it was the other way around. But basically it was like right after the other and I wasn't in any real pain. Like I was having some pain, but it was like super manageable. So I like had a lovely bath. I was listening to my hypnobirthing script it was fine I was like using this app called the Freya app and that was really good you like kind of yeah you kind of like press down during your contractions and then let go when you're done and it was just like tracking them and they were completely random like some of them were two minutes apart and some of them were 10 minutes apart I I was like this is weird but maybe because it's just starting off that's just how it goes but it was totally random from the start it wasn't like the pattern I expected where I was like they'll be exactly all 10 minutes apart. It was just not like that at all for me anyway.
0: That's really normal though. It's normal for the beginning. They're kind of like sporadic and then they start to pick up a pace and pick up a rhythm. It's a typical birth.
2: Yeah, but I was getting a little bit frightened because some of them would be like in spurts of like two minutes apart and then they were getting like, I was like, mm, okay, so I got out the bath, got like dressed. I feel like they weren't that painful yet. I I like, got dressed. I like went to bounce on my ball. I was still listening to my strips, I, my scripts rather. I was super calm. Like things started to really ramp up super quickly. They were under 5 minutes apart and I was on my bouncing ball and that was about 4:30 in the morning and I still was like I hadn't even woken anyone up and my mom was here and I didn't wake up my husband. By like 4:45, they were 2 minutes apart. So it was like progressing really fast and now they were
0: like a little bit more rhythmical. Could you talk through them at that point still? Or could you have them to start to breathe through them?
2: Well, I was on my own, so I actually don't know. I think I could talk through them and I'll tell you why. I phoned the hospital and they were two minutes apart. And I said, like I think, you know, we're gonna have to come in soon. They're two minutes apart. The lady on the phone was like, Oh, the, you don't come in until they're one and a half minutes apart. And I was thinking that feels like really close because. Things have been progressing so fast for me already, and I think she was thinking, "But you're talking right now, so how could they be so bad?" Yeah, I've heard that if you are still talking through your contractions, the midwives will say, "Well, they're not significant enough that you might need to come in yet." But I, I knew from my own experience of how quickly things were progressing that that just didn't, that just wasn't right for me. So I decided to go anyways
0: mm, yeah there's a balance to get isn't there
2: yeah I'm like we're going anyways because and then like sure enough so I got my husband up and my mom up and she thought I was joking because the oracle <laughs> she's like you right i was like no no for real so I'm at like the bottom of the stairs and now there was no break like it was hard labor and I was like I just looked at my mom and I was like I think I'm gonna be sick and she's like you've really got to go like you've got to go and my husband just went for a quick shower <laughs> Oh my god. Because he said he wanted to be fresh oh. for the baby.
0: Stop it. I
2: was in so much pain, I couldn't even argue with him. And he was just shot up the
0: stairs for a quick shower. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. He's got an actual death wish. <laughs> yeah. He's got an actual death yeah. wish. Is he mental? Yeah. And like, I could
2: feel the pressure now. Like, she was coming. Like, I knew that. So we opened the front door, and there's like four centimeters of snow. And snow was still coming down. Like, it's just so rare for London to have snow like that. And of course, my, like, part Canadian baby wanted to make her arrival in our one and only snowstorm. So we had to also, like, clean off the car. It was a whole scene. And none of the roads had been plowed because it was the middle of, like, 4, 5 a.m. at this point. And as soon as we got in the car, my water started breaking. Like, they didn't break all at once. Like, it was, like, with every contraction.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Wow.
2: And I was not in my hypnobirthing bubble. I was in complete and utter panic that I was having this baby on the side of the road. Yeah. Because I could feel her now. Like, she was coming. What did that feel like? It felt like you think it would. <laughs> like Like, you could literally feel her head. Like, I just knew that she was coming. I was pretty panicked. I was, like, you can't really go fast because there's snow on the ground as well so I was like just like envisioning how bad it would be and what directions I could give my husband to deliver her on the side of the road
1: and like like, could
2: I just hold it in like can I hold this in and I was like oh I don't know but we made it to the hospital
1: not like a thought
2: yeah like I was like (laughs) I can't just hold this in (laughs) so we made it but it wasn't that dramatic like we made it to the hospital Oh. it just like felt like in that moment and I didn't like I kind of thought your waters were in one big go but for me it was like with every contraction and I think that feeling also added to the feeling that she was going to emerge from me at any minute but man, yeah so yeah maybe put like some sort of mat down in your car because that was bad
0: I'm just interested in the logistics okay so you're in the car and then you get to the hospital do you just jump out at the front door or did you go and arrange parking and pay for it and walk around what's the logistics (laughs) oh god no no
2: we got to right like we like just left the car doors open went inside and it was COVID so like the the triage doors were shut and the security guard was like "Could you sign in ma'am and I was like no like Like trying. I was like, cool, you're gonna have to do it. And I was trying to like get in the triage doors and they were locked. So I was like literally just knocking on my knees, banging on these doors, being like, somebody out. Like somebody let me in and the street guard was so slow. And finally someone came and let me in. We're like, Oh, can you just like pee in this cup, Mom? And I was like, No like I'll try but like you might get like a couple bits of like my waters but like no and like they were just so nonchalant about me and finally they checked and they were like yeah you're 10 centimeters violated and I was like oh so like she's coming and they're like yeah like I said she's coming and I was like part of me was relieved because so I was like watch me be three centimeters and I've just caused a scene, scene where I'm like on my knees <sighs> knocking on the door And, like, we, like, left the car running. And I was, like, oh, like, it's going to be so embarrassing. They're, like, oh, ma'am, you're one centimeter. (laughs) I was, like, good. Like, validated. I was, like, I knew it. So they, like, we have just, I delivered in triage. But my husband was, like, missing. And I was about ready to push. And I like, took me forever to realize he wasn't there. But I guess the security guard was saying he couldn't come in because it was COVID. But then, luckily, a nurse came and let him in so that was apparently yeah like if his mom's a nurse and she said no like the security guards shouldn't be making those decisions like just go get a nurse if that happens so he like just made it but that was good intel because he he was I thought he was just taking a sweet time to park the car like maybe freshening up some more or
1: something
0: for the baby yeah (laughs) going for a quick facial or something Fresh haircut. Make sure it looks good for the baby. Oh, uh, honestly, getting a bit of a manicure. Yeah,
2: but I, like my birth plan was non-existent. No drugs. Like just, just was there. She was so ready. Like when they told me I had to push, I was like, okay, like this is really gonna like hurt, and I was like, nothing because she was just so ready. Like I didn't feel anything. It was no
0: different. Wow. So what did it actually feel like? Because this is the most common concern of pregnant women or the, the mystery of what it actually feels like so how would you describe it in terms of what it physically felt like for you
2: I felt like for sure my back was breaking it was all in my lower back which is like often where I have my arthritis like my back pain like much lower like in my tailbone sort of and It just felt like the amount of pressure on my spine was what it felt like, like in a very intense pressure. Like, yeah, that's all I can describe it as. And just, I had no medication in her delivery. I think what was on my side is I never got tired because it was so quick. Mm. So I think that really worked in my favor. So I found the pain manageable and I was in my hypnobubble for quite a long time until we got in the car. And then got to the hospital, so I didn't have, like, even though it was really hard going without any pain medicine, I think because I was in a good, like, headspace for a long time and relaxed for such a long time, that's probably why she came so quickly, maybe. I don't know why she came so quick,
0: but she did. I'm thinking it's because I was pretty relaxed in the lead up. Mm. Mm. So someone who hasn't given birth, what do you think it feels like? What would you expect it to feel like?
1: Honestly, I think I imagine like the worst cramps I've ever had to a point of like unrecognizable pain. It does scare me. Like every woman I speak to, I just think they are incredible. And they all kind of say, you know, but you can, you can just do it. But when I actually think about the level of pain that I expect it to be, That's very daunting. But obviously the end result is the best thing ever. But I am quite apprehensive, definitely, about the level of pain. I've had bad cramps and you just feel sick.
2: Yeah, I think the thing, like, if you can keep in a good headspace, it really helps because I can remember every contraction just being like, this is like she's one step closer with every contraction. And like, just like you actually have more breaks between contractions than you do contractions. So I was just focusing on my rest in between because you actually have more rest than you do contractions over your full labor. So I was just focusing on that and it made it much more manageable.
1: Okay, so it's like waves.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or like I think lots of the hypnobirthing people call contractions like a surge, like just as a different way to think about it. Mm.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's like it's only a portion of it is actually you're in contractions because you have lots of rest breaks in between. I mean, I always think about pain. Well, Sorry, we'll come back to everything in a minute. It's just quite an interesting thing to talk about because I think it scares a lot of women. I always think, and I don't know if, Leanne, you agree with this, because I've obviously experienced contractions, but I didn't experience the part where I had the baby coming down the birth canal because I had an epidural by that point. But in terms of pain, I always think of pain as a bad feeling. Like, so if I cut my arm... That would be a very different feeling to what labor is. It's funny, isn't it? It's like period pains are really hard to describe. They're very deep Mm. and it is pain, but it's not pain in a way. Yeah.
1: As well, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a birth in real life myself. So I'm basing it on films and things that I've watched. And every time you watch it on telly, these poor women are screaming on like films and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I did not scream once, but I like other women were screaming. Yeah, Like I keep in mind I had no drugs. Like I did not feel the need to scream. But like I went very inward. Like I just told my husband, if you ask me any questions right now, we're getting a divorce. Like I just want <laughs> silence. Like I just need to focus. At one point I was like, ah, give me something up my handbag. Like I need something. And he handed me a gabascon, and legitimately I was like, yeah, that helps. <laughs> I was Like A Gaviscon, <laughs> like took the <laughs> edge <head laughs> off like I was just like so inward like focusing on how I could manage this pain but I think like Lucy says it's like different because when you have really bad cramps for your period you're like oh to what end like this is just annoying like I just kept on being like yeah this hurts but every contraction's bringing her closer to me so it, it was a different type of pain because you're like it felt much more manageable even though it hurt.
0: Mm. it's just very intense it's very very intense isn't it and all-consuming and a lot of people get to have drugs so you know yeah. take them you have
2: the opportunity yeah.
0: <laughs> no. but drugs don't necessarily help sometimes you know oh really they have pros and cons mm. yeah they have pros and cons you know mm. the experience you had was really like i hate to say it but ideal because you had very quick intense labor mm mm-hmm. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, but the pain goes away immediately as soon as the baby's been born? Oh, God, no. No? No, you
2: have, like, after contractions. Oh, yeah. But, like, they're not as bad. But I tore, which I didn't realize. Like, after she was born, I was like, oh, wonderful. And I didn't tear. And then he's like, so you've got third-degree tear. And I was like, are you sure? I didn't feel that. And, like, I just didn't. Oh, really? Like, didn't feel any of it. And that hurt, like, a different kind of pain for a long time. While afterwards, but yeah, I guess like the pressure was gone, but I was still having to like contractions afterwards, and then you have to birth the placenta, which was like nothing in comparison to, for me, anyways. But like it was like no one really talked about. I didn't really know how much it would hurt afterwards. I didn't really think about it, mm. and it really hurt. Yeah,
0: it was uncomfortable. Well, I guess your body goes through something immense. It's just done something immense, so it's just recovery, isn't it? It was just
2: uncomfortable yeah I should have had yeah. more we yeah, had speedy labor they said if I were to have another baby I should do a home birth and I was like
0: yes that sounds cool I'll do that <laughs> like "Do yeah. like, you baby? Yeah,
2: that was really like
0: how old can I have a leisurely shower even though he could, have, he could have, oh, be in the birth pool with oh, you yeah. in
2: the kitchen making a <laughs> baking a cake and yeah whatever <laughs> Well, it was good. And, like, as soon as she's born, the cuddles. Like, it was just, like, what I was imagining. The skin to skin is just amazing. And it was all good. And Cole was, like, after midwife, he was like, how did I do? And she was just looked at him and was like, yeah, it was a real team effort. It
0: was so funny. <laughs> Cole. <laughs> how did I do? I don't know. What, what ratings did I get? About oh, 10. Oh, honestly. Bless him.
2: Honestly, it was so funny. Oh, and you know what happened to they like I was hooked up to the you know the heart monitors myself and the baby and um it like started making this sound which is never what you want to hear because in it like you were saying for like in every film if if the heart monitor things make a sound like that's horrific and there was um like a student midwife and she's like oh that's not good and like my heart like I was like I did probably stop I was so panicked and then she was like it felt like an attorney and she was like yeah it's out of paper like, oh it's
1: great. Serious?
2: oh my god oh my god like i actually legit think my heart stopped. like i'm not surprised if it didn't beat more after that because i was like oh she said oh no there's a problem <laughs> but yeah oh, it's i'm nice. real yeah i'm real and we we were home the oh, same dear. day which was good like one of the midwives afterwards was like oh like you should probably stay overnight and i just asked to speak to the doctor and i asked him if if we could go home because I didn't see why we couldn't like everything was fine and I'm glad I did that because normally I would just have accepted that I had to stay overnight but I really didn't want to and I think it was from listening to other birth stories that I like wanted to advocate for myself and be like no actually I don't want to stay overnight and I really don't think it's necessary everything went well here and the babies latched more or less I mean it wasn't Pretty, but she did it. And I was like, I want to go home. And obviously, if anything's wrong, we'll come back. And I'm glad I did that. I really didn't want to stay by myself in a hospital overnight if I didn't have to. That was
1: good. Can I ask then, how did you find the feeding with Sylvie?
2: So I was, this was just like my really big worry in pregnancy. I found like the idea of breastfeeding just really freaked me out. It just seemed so foreign. I'd never really seen anyone do it my whole life, which is kind of crazy. I knew I wanted to do it. I was just really nervous about doing it for whatever reason. And actually on one of the ultrasounds, I could like see her little mouth like moving, like she was practicing. And I was like, oh, like we've got this, we've got this. I can do it. And it like really spurred me on. I was like doing all my research and like I watched a hundred videos on how to do it. But I do think it would be such a good gift for a new mom. To buy them like those, like a feeding class or a baby sleep class. Cause I like spent so many hours researching and looking at like how to breastfeed and stuff. And it, it really added, a, like, I got a little bit obsessed for a while. But it hurt for like two weeks. But I don't think she was tongue tied. I'm not sure why it hurt, but then it was fine. And now I can't get her to stop.
0: Oh, she's still fading now. Yes. Lucy she is obsessed
2: <laughs> well and now she's old enough to ask for it she'll like try like ripped my shirt off in Liverpool Street today it was horrific oh <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's her word for milk well she signs her milk and she'll just go boobies
1: oh. yeah
2: oh
0: lovely yeah
1: it's
2: great we go out it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh man but that's amazing because she's 18 months that's yeah I mean that's yeah fantastic how long do you reckon she's gonna feed for
2: well I thought like when I went back to work I was like okay like we can do this in the morning and like after work or something because why not it was fine for me and her and easy enough so that we'll do that but now she kind of like a little bit too obsessed it's like whenever I'm around so I wouldn't mind stopping just because it's become a real burden on myself but I think I might have to wait until I can like reason with her a little bit more because at the minute I've tried to like say no we're not doing it and she's not so maybe I think two is the NHS guidance like two uh yeah I think they say up to two I kind of wouldn't mind stopping
0: sooner. Yeah, that's a two.
2: But I feel like we're going to be
0: two. <laughs> okay. I feel like she's. Yeah, just do whatever you're comfortable with, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, you it's know. what works for
2: you. She's naked.
0: Yeah. Well, no, it's what works for her
2: at this stage. Because, like, <laughs> I would love to stop, I think. And she's like, absolutely not. I know how to get at these now. So I'll just pull your
1: shirts <laughs> out. She
0: sounds like a lady who knows
1: what
0: she wants. I love it. I love it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very forthright. Yeah. You didn't really have any challenges with breastfeeding?
2: Not, I mean, I think the, the challenge was, like, early days. And I was really, like, by the book, like, woke her up every three hours. Like, I did all those things, and I had a good supply. But she was so attached to me, and that made it quite hard. So I did start to, like, pump. And get my husband to give her a bottle, like just one bottle a day. And I would recommend that because it just freed me up for like an hour, which was pretty amazing. And there's a whole thing about like nipple confusion and stuff. We didn't have any of that. She was absolutely fine, I think, because we started quite early to give her express milk and my milk. She was absolutely fine with it. So that was really good. And yeah, it was hard on me in the beginning just because they're so attached and they want milk so often. So it was good could do that. And we did try formula when she was around five months, four months. When's the sleep regression? Four months, isn't it? So we tried formula then and she was fine. We just did it a little bit here and there. And then she started being allergic to dairy and she would have like a delayed reaction. So she would just be violently ill like an hour after having it. And then the first few times she was fine. So that was kind of freaky. And then they, <laughs> the, the non-dairy formula is truly disgusting. So she would never take it. I'd even try to like drop it in with like while I was breastfeeding her and she would never take it. She just wasn't into it. So we had to give up that. But she's since grown out of her dairy allergy. That was good. Shame. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, but she, yeah, the uh, alternatives are awful. And you're not meant to use soya as an alternative because lots of babies are allergic to that if they're
0: allergic to whatever it is that in the dairy, in the milk. Right, so I've got the final question. So what one piece of advice would you give to another woman coming up through the ranks as they go into motherhood?
2: Mm, I think like listening to stories like this, listening to real birth stories told by mums themselves is, is really empowering because there's a lot of information out there and it can be really overwhelming um, when you, you know, I really did this a couple of times and added to my, Mum, mental workload, and I think it's just important to take the things that you think are going to be helpful for you, and just kind of leave the rest. Because sometimes there's a little bit too much advice, and it's, yeah. it's a bit overwhelming at times. So take the things that help and work for you, and then just you have mum instincts, and they just will they will help and guide you, and just leave everything else. You don't need to take all the advice.
0: Real Birth Stories is brought to you by Butterbean, the online platform for parents and parents-to-be. If you'd like to find out more, then head to butterbean.uk or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under the name butterbean.uk. We are currently looking for inspiring women to be on Series 2 of the podcast. If you'd like to tell your story and help other women ahead of entering into motherhood, then email us at podcast at butterbean.uk. We would love to hear from you and hear your birth story.